Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of The Lives of Harry Lyme called See Naples and Live. It first aired on August 10th, 1951. Presenting Orson Welles as the third man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character originally created in the motion picture The Third Man. With Zither Music by Anton Karras. That was the shot that killed Harry Lyme. He died in a sewer beneath Vienna. As those of you know who saw the movie The Third Man. Yes, that was the end of Harry Lyme. But it was not the beginning. Harry Lyme had many lives. And I can recount all of them. How do I know? Very simple. Because my name is Harry Lyme. Wells as Harry Lyme, the third man in See Naples and Live. Once upon a time, there was an exquisite and huge emerald locket which spent most of its life looking out of the world from the rather fleshy neck of a Mrs. Donaldson as she waddled like a golden duck across the international social horizon. I had a rather strong desire to change the habitat of this particular locket from the neck of this particular lady to my own particular itching palm. It was Naples before the war. Enter. Ah, you kept me impatient for an hour, Mr. Lyme. I'm sorry, Senor Rubio. I just flew in from London, forgot to move my watch ahead. It is my knowledge that you have been in Naples for three days now. But it does not matter. I am a man with a skill for waiting. I'm going to be very brief. I won't waste any more of your time, old Bueno, bueno. At first, I must tell you that I've made all the arrangements to dispose of the Donaldson Emerald. Oh, yes? As soon as we uh, possess it, I'll uh, There's a small item I forgot to tell you about, Senor Rubio. I have decided to include you out. 
I, I do not think I understand. To be brief and simple, I've decided to dissolve our partnership, old man. Oh, you're disposing of me? Perhaps that's a nicer way of saying it. I do not prefer to be disposed. Naturally, you don't, but sometimes we get disposed whether we like it or not. Mr. Lyme, we began this enterprise together, and I think we shall finish it together. You have never been more in error, old man. Now, you must forgive me for running off my... A moment, Mr. Lyme. Yes? You recall Carlos? I do. And that young man from Eastbrook, I forget his name. You mean Manhammer? Yes, if it were possible, they would be very sorry they were rude to me. Hmm. I'm now the most well-threatened man in Europe, and you have joined an innumerable caravan. Arrivederci. Don't farewell me yet, Mr. Lyme. Sorry, but I really must. Do not force me to shoot you. <laughs> if you take one more step toward the door, I'll uh, be fired. Now, don't be a complete fool, old man. If, if they found a dead man in your room, they'd hang you. I will be easy with you. Just tell me where Mrs. Donaldson is, and I, I will forgive you your ungratefulness. Rubio, I'm on my way out. If you fire that gun, the police will be here before you can get out of the hotel. Buongiorno. There's a saying in this city, see Naples and die. It only proves that life is very short and uncertain for us all. Goodbye, old man. Believe me, I'm not a professional hero. I was not at all concerned about Signor Rubio putting a bullet in me, not in his hotel room. I hurried to the pier where the Arcturus was about to dock. She was carrying precious freight, Mrs. Donaldson. I already made arrangements for one of the customs officials to hold Mrs. Donaldson up on a pretext of going through her luggage. A few thousand liras did the trick. Oh, you stubborn man. I tell you, there's nothing contraband in my luggage. You've already gone through my clothes twice with your dirty hands, Amy. Talk to this man. He doesn't understand a word of English. My Italian is worse than his English. Per increase tanto, signora, ma è necessario. Ho istruzione di esaminare il vostro bagaglio. Deve avere pazienza. What seems to be the trouble here? Thank heavens, an American. I have no idea why this idiotic official is rummaging through my clothes. Well, it's just a matter of form, you know. You think I was a smuggler or something. I've been to Naples many times, and there's never been this ridiculous fuss. I'll talk to the American consul. See to it that this man loses his job. I wonder if you could talk to him. That is, if you can speak Italian. Well, of course, I'd be only too happy to. Let me see what I can do. Che cosa succede qui? Di regola di esaminare ogni 25 passaggeri. Questo non è necessario, conosco il signore. Questa è la mia carta. Ah, signore, mi rincresce tanto di aver dato la signora tutto questo disturbo. No, no, veramente. It's all right now. You're clear. Here, let me help your bags. Hmm? Thank you ever so much. I don't know what I would have done without you. Amy, get one of those porters to help us with the luggage. Yes, Mrs. Donald. I have my car here. I'd be glad to give you a lift to your hotel. Oh, I wouldn't want you to bother. Oh, don't bother at all. One fellow American to another, you know. Thank you. <laughs> These taxi drivers rob you mercilessly. Yeah. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. My name is Lyme. Harold Lyme. I'm Mrs. Frederica Donaldson. Mrs. I'm so Donaldson. glad we ran into you. A uh, wonderful piece of luck. <laughs> well, let's say we're well met. <laughs> <laughs> Loveliness was gracing my car. Loveliness in the form of the emerald locket around Mrs. Donaldson's neck. And loveliness in the form of Amy Collins. She was Mrs. Donaldson's hired companion. She had red hair and eyes to match the emerald, and she liked me. I think she liked me. Every so often I'd catch her eye. And she'd turn away, as if she were guilty of something. Really, Mr. Lamb, I've never been so humiliated. Just standing there with that man poking away at my underthings, messing up all my clothes. Absolutely no regard for our feelings. 
something should be done about this. He was only following instructions. I don't think he was... doing anything of the sort. He was just being malicious and perverse. If it weren't for Mr. Lyon, I don't know what would have happened. We're deeply indebted to him. Oh, you don't owe me anything at all. I did what any other American would have done, Mrs. Donaldson. I wish we could repay you for your kindness. Well, you know, I, I think maybe you can. Wonderful. Just tell us what it is. Well, I've got to buy my sister a gift. It's her birthday. I don't know too much about jewelry, so I wonder if either of you could come along and help me shop. Of course we can. Amy does most of my shopping for me. She's very good oh, at that's it. that's wonderful. I'm sure she'd be delighted to help you. Don't you want me to help you get your things unpacked? I'm already unpacked, thanks to that customs official. No, you go ahead. Just drop me at the hotel. You don't mind, do you, Miss Collins? Oh, no, not at all. Good. It's a relief. Now, I'd like both of you to be my guests at dinner tonight. That's very kind of you. We'd be delighted. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mrs. Donaldson. Really, it's my pleasure. We deposited fat Mrs. Donaldson in her room, and then Amy and I went shopping. I took her along to the Corso Vittorio Manuelli, one of Naples' better thoroughfares. What are you looking for, Mr. Lyme? Please, call me Harry. All right. May I call you Amy? If you wish. Hmm. <laughs> you don't sound very enthusiastic. Please call me Amy. <laughs> That's much better. What do you want to buy for your sister? Some nice jewelry, a necklace or a locket, something like that. Mrs. Donaldson was wearing something pretty, something like that. <laughs> you don't know much about jewelry, do you? Well, I know what I like. Most of the time, the things I like you can find in a dime store. You won't find Mrs. Donaldson's locket in a dime store. It costs about $20,000. 20000 You're kidding. No, that's a real emerald she has set in the locket. Well, she must be crazy traveling with a thing like that flashing on her neck. Really. Oh, well, it's not very wise, but she's very sentimental about it. Her husband gave it to her just before he died. She swore to wear it every day of her life. She was very devoted to him. Well, I suppose you think I'm pretty much of a chump about jewelry. You have good taste. I also have good luck meeting you. Life is very strange, isn't it? Mm. No, why? Well, just half an hour ago, you and I were total strangers. Now here I am helping you buy a gift as if, as if we'd known each other for a long time. Well, there's nothing wrong in that, is there? No, it's... Just at the moment you entered the scene, things seemed to move fast and efficiently. You make it sound as if it were a force. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. I can go away and come back again and do it more slowly. I suppose I sound foolish. Perhaps it's because you liked me too soon. Well, I... I... Well, I, I liked you too soon. Well... That's probably too fast for you, too. But you see, I'm a man who says what's on his mind. Probably not a very efficient way of talking to a gentle soul like you. Oh, no, I prefer straightforward people. All right, now, you be straightforward. What was your first reaction to me when you first saw me? I, I was interested, perhaps maybe intrigued. That's better. You have a way of condensing relationships quickly. Well, if people like each other, they don't need a calendar full of time to tell them about it. Good things grow slowly. Here's a shop. Hmm. Hmm. Well, they all look pretty, that... That filigree pin. I like that. It's very nice. Which one? Uh, the one near the large cameo. Oh, yes, it is very pretty. Shall we go in? Wait. Let's look at the other things in the window. Ah, I'm begging your pardon. I heard you conversing English. We were talking American, a totally different language. I I'm trying to reach Via Salvatore Rosa. Could you inform me how to get there? Sure, old man. Turn right the next corner and go straight for three squares. Oh, I'm much grateful. That's right, all right. Would you like to... Uh, you like a cigarette? Uh, no, no, thank you very much. Just turn right at the next corner. Oh, I'm unhappy to trouble you further, oh, but that's, uh, uh, do you have a match? I'm sorry, but I don't have any matches with me. I have a light. Mademoiselle is most generous. Hmm. 
thousand thanks. Uh, turn right at the next corner. And three squares and down. And three eh? squares down. Good day That's to you. Good Perhaps day. you will meet again, eh? Good day. He seemed most reluctant to leave. Yeah. Uh, an odd fellow. Why did you refuse to give him a light? I didn't like his face. Did you ever see him before? Why do you ask that? We acted as if he knew you. Well, I didn't care to know him. I think you gave him the wrong direction. Well, it could be. It seems that if he followed your directions, he would find himself in the Bay of Naples. I'm sure it won't dampen his spirits. Should we go in now? Yes, of course. There's just one thing I'd like to ask I'll you. I'll answer anything you want. What do you do for a living? Uh, uh, for a living? Oh, I'm a dealer in objets d'art. I wander through the world collecting the best things. Sounds very interesting. Yeah, it is. It's... It's often quite exciting. Now, let's go in and buy that filigree pin. Orson Welles returns in just a moment as the third man. Wells as Harry Lyme, the third man in See Naples and Live. I bought a pin for 2,500 lira on the way back to Amy's hotel. She was thoughtful and not much inclined to do any talking. I took her by the hand. She didn't object to that, but she didn't react to the touch. Put it simply, she just let me hold her hand, nothing more. I suspected that Signor Rubio had made too strong an impression. It's essential now that I work fast. The emerald would have to be in my pocket tonight or not at all. However, I wasn't worried about Rubio. Strangely enough, it was Amy who bothered me. I was beginning to be a little too fond of her. That, that was bad. I always make it a point not to be too fond of anyone in this world. This is a lovely romantic restaurant. I'm glad you like it. How did you discover it, Mr. Lyon? Just ask the porter in the hotel. They know everything in Italy. The portiers are the best informed people in the country. It's really delightful. Don't you think so, Amy? Yes, I do. It's charming. Won't you have some more spumante? Well, just a drop. Mm, I declare, just like Chantilly. Yes, it's the Italian version. It's so kind of you to give so much time to us, Mr. Lyon. Really, it is. Amy, isn't Mr. Lyon just a dear? I think he's most generous. Oh, I'm having such a delicious time. I feel so happy. Happier than I've been since... I, I wish poor Benjamin were here with us. You would have liked him, Mr. Lyon. Oh, I'm sure I would. Uh, poor Benjamin. Oh, no, 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 Mrs. Donaldson. Let's not be sad here. Just have a little more spumante. Oh, hmm? I really don't think we should. I'm afraid you're going to make us all drunk, Mr. Lyon. Oh, Amy. I don't think another drop will hurt us. After all... I 
this time, Mrs. Donaldson is becoming thoroughly relaxed. Mr. Lamont is a fine relaxer. I stirred the champagne with a wooden swizzle stick, the bottom of which was well laced with phenobarbital. My keynote for the evening, as you can see, was relaxation. Before the evening was over, my emeralded guest was going to be the most relaxed woman in all Italy. Miss Fumanti bubbled and frothed over as I stirred it. I know I shouldn't have another glass. But perhaps you had better stop, Mrs. Donald. Never. I just feel so wonderful. How about you, Amy? All right. A toast to us. May we always be as happy as we are now. A toast to you, Mr. Lyon. You wonderful, wonderful man. I patted her neck. I wanted her to get used to the touch of my hand against her neck. She withdrew a little. For her neck had become super sensitive about the locket. So we drank. I studied the clasp on the locket. It was a simple device. You turned a tiny wheel. And it released the catch. Just a twist of the wrist. The musicians are going to play again. Uh, come here, come here. Please, Mr. Lyme, no more No, I have a special surprise. Yes, senor. Have the musicians come over here. Yes, senor. Oh, isn't that sweet? That's a lovely gesture, Harry. I thought you'd forgotten my first name. Here they are, senor. What would you like them to play? Well, what would you like, Mrs. Donaldson? Oh, I can't think of a thing. How about some Neapolitan songs? Uh, per favore, a monastero Santa Chiara. Canterbury. trusted me. Amy stole her hand at the mine as they played. It was really quite pleasant. I leaned back and relaxed. That was just beautiful. Very good. Thank you. Molto grazie. Here's something for the lads. Oh, grazie, senor. Did you enjoy it, Mrs. Donaldson? They played divine. I have a wonderful idea. How would you all like to go for a drive to Pompeii? At this hour? Yeah, it's only 10 o'clock. It's a full moon. It'd be quite a thrill. I adore to go. Fascinating place. I've been there many times. Well, you have to see it at night. Isn't it closed? Right. Of course it is. We can go in through the back way near the arena. I'm willing if Mrs. Donaldson is. Try and stop me. What a marvelous idea. It's just one thing. What is it? Amy told me about your emerald locket. I think it'd be safer if you left it at your hotel. In the safe at hotel. Don't you Donaldson. worry about it. I never take it off. No, but really. Net, except when I retire. Don't worry about it. It's perfectly safe. Besides, we wouldn't find any criminals in Pompeii. No, I'm sure not. But all the same, I'd feel better if you left the Oh, no, no, I can't do that. Please don't fret about it. All right, if you're sure. Let's go right now. Just let me pay the bill. Come here, Yes, signor. Conto, per favore. Check. Si, signor. It was less than an hour's ride to the ancient extinct city of Pompeii, lying like a corpse at the foot of its killer, Vesuvius. We entered through the gardens of an ancient home. The moon shone down hard and white, lighting up the empty city. Isn't it thrilling and beautiful and frightening? A chap by the name of Trebio Valenti used to live here. He hasn't been home for nearly 2,000 years. Here we are in Abodanza Street. It's in perfect condition. Isn't it exciting? It's unbelievable. Yeah, look at the gutter. You can see where the chariot wheels made deep ruts in the stone. What a narrow street. We can walk in the gutter. I don't think we'll be run over by any chariots tonight. Where does this street lead to? To the Forum. What about those lovely buildings? Well, they're old mansions. Belong to a couple of rich fellows. See the sign on the wall? What does it say? Post no bills in Latin. <laughs> and the sign alongside of it? Down with such and such a tyrant. Time has worn away the name. It's just amazing. 
all begins to make me feel faint. Now, don't you feel well, Mrs. Donaldson? I, I feel fine. Uh, just sleepy. I don't know why I should feel sleepy when I'm so excited. Don't you want to sit down? Maybe I'd better. Well, just rest for a moment. I think we'd better go back. We will, but first we'll let Mrs. Donaldson catch a few minutes rest. There's a marble bench in the atrium of the Casa de Ciriale. He used to be an arrogant rich man who didn't like the strangers visiting his palatial home, but I don't think he'll mind now. Oh, it's lovely in here. Here we are. You sit down, Mrs. Donaldson, and rest your shoulder against mine. There you are. You're a darling, Mr. Lyme. Amy, if you walk into the other room to your right, you'll see some excellent frescoes. They're beautifully preserved. May I have the flashlight? Yes, here, here. Mrs. Donaldson was sleeping softly. I pressed my fingers against her neck to test her responses. There was no reaction. Tried it again so that even in her sleep she would feel no alarm, become accustomed to the feel of fingers around her throat. She slept peacefully on me. I quickly unloosed the catch and I slow care, not to slide the locket, picked it gently off the neck. At the same time, I held her hand to divert his sensation of touch. It was done quickly. I was ready to make my silent departure, gently propped her against a pillar. Then I heard a sound that froze me, footsteps. Footsteps, and there went Amy's. Who's there? What's the matter? I caught a glimpse of him. It was one of the guards. There's only one thing to do. Run. Starless Tabioni, I turned the corner and ran into one of the old Roman baths. I made for one of the rooms, expecting it to have another exit. It was dark, and I fumbled around. I had a very unpleasant feeling when I became aware that the only way out was the way I came in. I ran back. It was too late. My pursuer was standing at the entrance with a flashlight in one hand and the gun in the other. It was not a guard. It was a little beard. You see, Harry, fate has thrown us together again. It's still around her neck. The locket, please. I just told you. It's I'm still... not in my hotel now. This time I will kill you. Give me the locket. I... I'm not a usually reckless fellow, but... This time I did a very rash thing. I rushed him. He fired. The bullet tore a hole in my shoulder, barely touching my skin. I wrestled with him. He fell on the marble floor. His wire is very strong. In a few seconds, it was clear that he was in far better shape than I. Then he hit me a very rude blow on the head with a gun. And I abandoned the fight. For a moment, I just lay there thinking... Thinking what a very evil moment of my life this was. Now, the locket. Okay. Thank you. And now I think I will dispose of you for having caused me all this trouble. That's the police, Ruby, old man. You're caught. Caught red-handed. But the emerald... It doesn't belong to you, old man. Better go along quietly with the police. Look, there's some more of them coming through the door. No use putting up a fight. Remember what I've always told you, old man. Crime doesn't pay. I don't know how to thank you, Mr. Lang. Risking your life to save my locket. Oh, that's all right. You're the most brave man to chase after him in the dark, unarmed. Well, I just gone to see where Amy was, and I heard the sound. There he was, deftly removing the locket from your neck. I felt someone puttering around my neck, but I thought it was you. Oh, really? I, I was asleep, you know. Yeah. Now, I had my suspicions about this Rubio from the first. Does the wound hurt much? Oh, it's nothing. It's a hole in my soup. And a bird bump on your head, you poor boy. Mm-hmm. It'll heal. Amy, you haven't said a word to our hero since they arrested that Rubio man. I'm... I'm just stunned. Oh, I'm sorry we got you into this. I, I never should have taken you to Pompeii. It's all my fault. Of course not. That terrible man would have tried to snatch the locket wherever I was. It's just a lucky thing I met up with you. I'm going to give you a gift. 
You just must take it. A hundred pound note. Oh, I wouldn't think of it. You'd make me very it. happy if you took it. Oh, no, I absolutely... Please, I Mr. Lyon, please. Well, if it means so much to you, I'll give it, it to my favorite charity. Yeah. Well, here we are at the hotel, safe and sound. Thanks to you. I must run upstairs. The whole thing has given me a severe headache. You will call me in the morning, won't you, Mr. Lyme? Indeed, I will, Mrs. Donaldson. Good night. Good night. Oh, Amy, can I have a word with you? I'll be up in a moment, Mrs. Donaldson. Of course, dear. Good night, young. And bless you, Mr. Lyme. I'm... I'm sorry about this evening, Amy. So am I. Let's meet for lunch tomorrow. No, Harry. Why not? I never saw the frescoes on the wall. You didn't? No, I didn't find them, and I walked all the way around. I saw you from the front entrance. Oh. Besides, a man who deals in fine arts would know an emerald locket from a dime store trinket. Yes. Should have thought of that. I was beginning to like you very much, Harry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not the kind of man you'd like to begin to like a little more. It's a pity. You want to see me again, ever? It'll never be any good. Well, you might as well have the filigree pin. What about your sister? I haven't spoken to my sister in ten years. She doesn't approve of me. Suppose... Supposing I give it to you. No, thanks. You mean you wouldn't take it? No, no, I couldn't. Well, supposing if you didn't take it, I just threw it away. Oh, but you shouldn't do that. Oh, I won't. I won't. We were just supposing. Now, goodbye, Amy. There's no supposing about that, I suppose. Harry Lyme returns in just a moment. me about a hundred dollars to bribe the custom official with champagne and the gold filigree pin. The reward left me with a profit of 270-odd dollars plus a bump on the head and a hole in my suit. I'd lost the lovely green emerald and the lovely green eyes of Amy. The emerald didn't bother me too much, but Amy. Oh. Amy. She nearly interfered with the great romance of my life. My love for Harry Lyme.
The Adventures of Harry Lime, which was broadcast in the United States as The Lives of Harry Lime, was an old-time radio program produced in London during the 1951-1952 season. Orson Welles reprised his role of Harry Lime from the celebrated 1949 film adapted of Graham Greene's novel The Third Man. The radio series is a prequel to the film and depicts the many misadventures of con artist Lime in a somewhat lighter tone than the character's villainy in the film. Most episodes would begin with the third man theme being played, abruptly cut off by an echoing gunshot. Then Wells would speak, that was the shot that killed Harry Lime. While modern audiences may not be that familiar with the movie The Third Man, which we highly recommend, as people were in 1951, this is a good adventure series told from a unique point of view, and any time you have the opportunity to hear Orson Welles on radio, you have to give it a try. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.